most challenging conversations are often the most necessary for life to move forward for everyone's benefit. Awakened awareness about the irrefutable fact that black lives matter and that black lives in America continue to be crushingly disadvantaged in ways that are invisible to those of us who live in white America is the impetus for this conversation with Sierra Dominguez, a wise, loving, creative, and courageous black woman married to a Mexican man and the mother of their two children. Normally, I wouldn't go into those details about Sierra's blackness and her husband's brownness, but these are the days to name what is without tippy-toeing by replacing color blindness with color bravery, one of the many things Sierra taught me in this conversation. Welcome to the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is Nene White. I hope you gain some color bravery as a result of this conversation. And please be sure to check out this show's notes for some helpful resources Sierra wanted you to have. This is Juneteenth, June 12th, 2020. And I am so grateful to be able to talk to Sierra Dominguez. Thank you, Sierra, for joining me in conversation. Thank you for having me. Sierra is a black mother. Married to a good Hispanic man? Yes, Mexican. Mexican. Oh, good. I am. Uh, I have uh, Mexican blood, uh, like five generations back. I love it. So I, love, I it. love it too. <laughs> um, and you have two children. Yes, a ten-year-old and a five-month-old. Most wonderful. So we are talking because it. This is the time of uh, George Floyd's death by policeman and this is a very uncomfortable time that we have to communicate and connect rather than disconnect or just be angry we need to connect and understand each other so that's why I've invited you and you have accepted because you agree with that that we need to absolutely and I would even say we can call it exactly what it was which was a murder it was a murder Yeah. yeah It's really hard to say, yeah. especially in a a podcast that's about social emotional learning for little children. Oh, I, I <laughs> totally understand. But it's touching all of us. Yeah. So you're invited here to tell how it's touching you, how it's touching your family. So uh, where would you like to start? Um, I'll tell you a little bit about how I grew up and Good. where I come from. Good. So... Um, I am adopted and uh, both of my parents, I'm black as well, uh, but my parents are black and both my parents, uh, they're almost, they're 69 and they grew up during the civil rights movement. And so around our house, a lot of times I would hear the words, you know, I, I was, the word prejudice was normal. I heard that a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Racism was present and I knew about um, racism and prejudice at an early age. And I, my parent, you know, I heard stories. I remember um, learning when, you know, however you, however young you are, when you start learning about Martin Luther King. And I remember coming home and asking, you know, did you, did you know him or did you uh, go to the protests? And 
they didn't know him, but they obviously were around when he was around. And so they, you know, would tell me mm-hmm. stories about different things that would happen. Um, my father's a victim of police brutality when he was growing up and the stories he would tell, um, they would infuriate me. And I would instantly think, you know what, I'm going to use my social media skills and find that officer and go knock his door down, you know, whatever it may be. And my mom told me stories about um, teachers being um, prejudiced towards her. And one teacher would constantly make her sit in the back of the class by herself even when she would try to scoot her desk forward, the teacher would continuously scoot her to the back of the class. Um, for no reason. For no reason. Just because the color of her skin, that was it. Um, and so I, these were things that I grew up hearing. And it, it, it in our kitchen, um, my mom and dad started a store in late 80s, early 90s called The Black Earth. And it had nothing but uh, African-American memorabilia in it so um anything that whether it was a greeting card or a figurine um t-shirts mugs it all everything everything in the store had nothing but black people on it and during that time you couldn't find anything like that and so they really started something revolutionary that is so cool yeah it's really cool um and so in our kitchen we my mom's great at finding awesome things but in our kitchen we had a sign an original sign that said colored served in rear and I I saw it every time I went into the kitchen it never you know some people would walk into the kitchen and it would be like a you know all it's a conversation starter and they would see and say oh my gosh you know for me that was normal I saw it every single day um so growing up I assumed that the best way to live was to be colorblind meaning um I don't see color and I thought that when because of the stories I heard and because of the life that my parents lived I assumed that when you see color that's what happens the prejudice happens and the racism happens Uh so I decided not to see color and I did everything I could to blend in I wanted to live the stereotypical white life um and I and I tried hard to do that and so you know I I felt like in school I wasn't black enough to hang out with the black kids or I wasn't white enough to hang out with the white kids I wasn't Latin enough to hang out with the Latin kids and I definitely was the one who put myself in that situation um but that's just how I felt and then when I became an adult I realized especially in the midst of all this, that you can be everything that you are. And the goal is not to be colorblind, but to be color brave. Um, Melody Hobson has a great TED talk about that. And it, when you learn to be color brave, you can see the world in so much more light. And when you learn to celebrate the differences and celebrate the color, the world becomes such a better place. And more interesting. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I want to go back a little bit. So when you were growing up and your parents would be talking about prejudice and racism, did they, were they talking to each other and you were just kind of a witness or did you have conversations with your parents about those things? Um, I would have conversations with them, but it was never a, 
they were still angry. You know, I, 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 they were, and I don't blame them, you know, being, being, um, victims of it and living through it. You know, I fortunately had never lived through any racism that was as blatant as they had experienced. I definitely have had, you know, uh, prejudice encounters and, and racist encounters, however, not as blatant as my parents have. And so when the conversations happened, it was very, um, it's like a, it's like a fresh wound all over again. You could tell that just by talking about it or just by remembering that, it feels like it just happened five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, and in some cases, it happened 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 60 years yeah. ago. Um, but it, it, it felt like it just happened. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. It really does. And so some conversations were uh, directly to me and talking about it. And then some conversations were like, I can remember specifically one Mother's Day. Uh, it was my dad, my mom and my grandma and me. And my dad got us brunch at the Sheraton in San Francisco. And when we got there, we checked in, you know, just like you would at any other restaurant. And when they went to seat us, they sat us at the table right next to the kitchen door. And from then on, our meal was just ruined. Um, You know, nobody wants to sit by the kitchen door and we couldn't have a full conversation. You could hear the the pots clinging, clinging in the background. You could hear people coming in. The doors are swinging in and out. Um, You know, you're hearing the conversation of the servers. It's just, it wasn't a pleasant experience for what was supposed to be a very memorable day. And instead it was memorable for other reasons. And so I can remember specifically on the car ride home and even at the table a little bit too, was just, I, when my dad is quiet, especially like on a big day like that, where we're um, supposed to be celebrating something, usually the conversation, we're laughing and having fun and, you know, it's a great time. Um, And I'm sure that was special for him too, to be able to do that for my mom and for his mom. Um, but just quiet and you could just tell it was a different type of quiet. It was, he was infuriated and my mom, um, having, you know, making remarks out loud at the table about this is, you know, they're prejudiced. They don't want us here. And, and just having to sit through that was eye opening. And I think that was, and I must've been, I don't know, seven or eight. So that was the first experience I can remember clearly having um in a racist air you know just something prejudice happening yeah just I hate it I hate it I hate hearing about that I just you know it's just and honestly I mean I'm just now starting to really realize that this is still going on because to someone like me that is invisible. Right. That has been invisible. And that is what I have not understood until George Floyd. Yep. And, and I mean, I've heard it and I haven't disbelieved it, but I haven't really taken it in. I'm just telling yeah. you, I'm not happy about right. that. What did you want to I was, say? I was just going to say it's to no fault of your own either. Right. Because it's, it, you know, this, and this is how far all of the, um, racism goes because it's systemic too and this world was built for a straight white man and then you know and then even for just white people in general the that's what the 
this country was built for. And so now we're saying, okay, we need to be diverse and we need to have, um, you know, more diverse people in our workforces or in our schools or whatever have you. But the systems are still built for a straight white male. And so when you come in and say, and, and that, and that's what it's made for us to believe as well. So, you know, I, I say that just because it's to no fault of your own in the sense that they, they want us to believe that it's gone. They want us to think that there's no more racism. And I'll tell you something else. I mean, probably everything I'm going to say in this conversation with you is going to be something that isn't my right, fault, right. except it kind of is because right. wake up girl, yeah. you know, really? Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm here right, right now. Right. Um, when I see uh, shows like on Netflix and I'll watch some series mm-hmm. or something and oh, look at there's all these black actors and they were all in, up in arms several years ago. And now there's all this diversity in TV shows and in mm-hmm. movies. So I just assumed that that was everywhere because I don't live in near a big city and I never go to big cities because I just, you know, that's just not my right. life anymore. So I just made that assumption. I'm, I mean, that is so the height of really stupidity, <laughs> naivete, right, right. you know, and um, but I think maybe that's even uh, designed to communicate that, that everything's yep. fine, folks. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot the. I think the country thought when we, when Obama became president, that racism was over. Um, But it was, you know, if anything, it was more prevalent when he became president because they gave him such a hard time. I mean, just such a hard time for doing the job that he actually was passionate about and wanted to. Yes. Regardless if you believe in the same, you know, the policies that he wanted to pass or not. I think right. the one thing you could say about him is that he is a genuinely good guy and wanted to do the job that was at hand. He genuinely wanted right. to serve the people of the United States of America. And it, you know, it's polar opposite now, yet that guy gets away with everything. And so I think if anything, that's, that's the most blatant, obvious um situation that could show that racism is still here still still needs to be eliminated you know and 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 I think I mean I wonder when it'll ever happen when enough parents will educate their children enough teachers will educate kids to embrace to I want I don't want to go with cliches you know but just to to be able to see that diversity differences are actually more interesting than everybody everything being the same absolutely 100 percent. i mean it's don't even be a good person but just differences uh, different uh, is good it is different is good um and it's good for different reasons for different people but have your own things that you like but to deny the humanity of people who are so human and so intelligent and so exactly like us only their skin color right. is different make and has maybe a different culture if they're mexican or whatever yep exactly it, it just i mean i'm preaching to the choir i apologize it's just anyway um so 
how are you preparing? How, what is it like to have a 10 year old daughter? And now you have a, how old is your brand new baby son? Five months old. So he's, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Mixed with probably terror. It's, um, it's been, how how do you balance that? I, I don't, it's been, it was, I have to say last week was rough. Um, last yeah. week was really hard and there was lots of tears. There was lots of hard conversations and, um, I had to, so I'll preface it by saying this story, telling you this story is that, um, one night, uh, we went to go pick up food that we had ordered as a family. And while we were out, is when all the looting was happening in our city. And then, you know, having to explain that, or my daughter saw, my daughter saw it happening. So she saw the car, she saw five, six people getting out of the same car with a mask on, with a bag, you know, ready to take, ready to go loot. And it was scary. We had to put our parent, you know, our big parent pants on and, say it's okay you're safe you're with us um but I was terrified and you know that night she slept with us and has been ever since which is absolutely fine um but it just so then we had oh and she also came to me because she had seen the George Floyd video um on TikTok so yeah no it was Oh, mm-hmm. no, it was very, um, you know, I, I, tr- what did she say? She, it came, oh. well, I didn't know that she saw it and it came on, yeah. um, a, you know, a glimpse of it or picture, a standstill of it came on the TV while we were watching the news. Cause we just had the news on 24 seven for, you know, a good week. And uh-huh. she said, oh yeah, I saw that on TikTok and my heart instant, I instantly I was like oh my gosh because I didn't know you know I hadn't even watched the full video because I just can't bring myself to watch it um and but I knew exactly what had happened so um after that I just didn't know I I was for lack of better word dumbfounded in the sense that I didn't know what to say I had no idea what to say I didn't know you know how do I have this conversation she knows about um, death because we've had family members pass away so she knows about death okay. but to know to to see someone have but not right wrongful exactly death. um right and so I didn't know where to start that conversation and yeah. so I explained to her you know first it was me probing a little bit and asking well do you know what's going on do you know what people are saying? Do you know why they're protesting? Do you understand why they're saying Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, she she didn't. She did, it, You know, it, it didn't make sense. And I, and I, for a little bit, I was like, thank goodness, just because I don't want her, I don't want her childhood taken away from her and her innocence taken away from right. her. And so right. I explained to her that, you know, she knows about the civil rights movement and, we talked and I told her that the same thing that happened then is happening now. So there are people who are not going to like you because of the color of your skin. There are people who are going to 
um, decide you can't have this job or you can't be here or you can't travel here because of the color of your skin. And it's no fault of your own. It's because those people are just, it's fear. It's fear. And, and fear typically ends up because you're not educated about something. Um, but that was how I had to address it with her in the beginning. And it was hard. I think that's, yeah, I, I love the way you said Thank it. Thank you. Rather than, rather than labeling people, because yes, I think fear and lack of education are the, Absolutely. The main components yep. of and, that. And, and, and those are two things that are yeah, curable. Absolutely. And it was really um, hard to have to, and this part gets me choked up every time I even have to think about saying it out loud, but to have a conversation with your 10 year old that yeah, yeah, oh if God. you, if you ever get stopped by, you know, a police officer, cause I don't want her to think that police are bad. Cause I believe that 99% of the police officers are here to protect us and do what they were sworn right. in to do. Um, right. But there's still that 1%. And that's a lot of people. If you're, you know, putting all the police together in one pool, that 1% is still a lot. And so to have that conversation with a 10 year old to say, if you get stopped by a police officer, you know, keep your hands where you can see them. Um oh. Don't argue. Don't lunge at them. Um, you know, make announcements of your moves. If they ask you a question, answer politely. Uh, even if you're wrong, even if they, if you know your tags are not expired, or even if you know your taillight is not out, do not argue with them, please. Yeah. Um, because they're not seeing you as a person. They're just seeing you as, a black individual and if that happens then you know it it could end up terribly wrong and it and it's really hard as a parent to even think that my five-month-old who is a boy that I'm gonna have to have yeah. you know an even more in-depth conversation with him when he gets older about what to do exactly. if a policeman stops him and even today I was um driving back from picking something up at the store and a police officer was behind me and instantly I felt a pit in my stomach thinking, you know, the first thing that goes through my head is, okay, are my tags okay? Yes, my tags are fine. Are both the taillights, you know, and brake lights working? As far as I know, they are. Um, and, you know, don't even touch your phone. Don't even, don't make, make sure your music's not too loud. Look straight ahead. Keep both hands on the steering wheel. And even if... You know, with the times that I have had interactions with the police, they've been okay, but I still have that pit in my stomach of if I say one wrong thing or make one wrong move, this could turn out not good. These are thoughts that I have never had to have. And this is the pretty much the first I've ever heard of it, except when I see it in the news, but it's never been that close. And it's just, I, I can't even hold it yet. I, I, this is going to take me a while to really take this in. It's just, it's just, it just so doesn't fit into anything that I think right. of as real or important or yeah. should be. It's just impossible. And it's here. It's, it's just, um, 
So tell me about your daughter's school and uh, will you just stay here and this is the school that your son will go to? Today? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, it is, is it a good it's school? A, is it? It's a K through eight Catholic school. And okay. Uh, I'm actually president of the PTA. And so I was able to host a town hall over zoom for the parents of how to have this conversation with your uh, children oh. and how to, you know, what our plans as a school can be going forward. So that oh. was, that alone was really empowering because I want to make sure that wherever my children are, I can create that community and create a safe community for them as long as I can until the world gets to them. But I, you know, that's my goal as a parent to, try to create the safest community I possibly can for them. Wow. And how was that received? You know, I think a lot of parents were eager to hear and they, they knew it was going to be addressed. Um, and yes. it has to be addressed. And yes. I, I consider myself fortunate because we, the school that we're at happens to be very diverse so you know out of we I actually counted in her yearbook she has 30 Good. kids in her class and 22 of them are uh not white so they're either asian uh black filipino uh uh what else latin mexican salvadorian you know there's guatemalan there's all everything yeah. anything that's not white that 22 of them are not white so that was <laughs> Yeah, we Lucky. have a very diverse community, which I'm very happy about. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, the parents received it well. And I was really proud of the parents who maybe didn't know or or like in your case, were not aware. Um, they still came and they listened. And I think that's the first step to making impactful changes to coming and listening. And even, you know, there's some moms who I'm having conversations with and saying, Hey, look, watch this video. So you can understand uh, why we're yeah. so angry or, or watch um, this Ted talk or read this article, get this book. And really, you know, and a lot of them are saying the same thing that you're saying, where essentially it's like, I'm sorry that I did not pay closer attention and I'm sorry that I did not take yeah. action sooner. Right. Right. And um, one other thing that I wanted to converse about is I know that you watched that video mm -hmm. with Kimberly Jones, and I'm going to include it in the yeah. this show's notes. And she has a different way. I mean, you're kind of very, you know, calm and reasonable and logical, and all of that is wonderful, but that's one uh, one population right. of black people. And I don't know why you're that way necessarily, maybe because why do you suppose you're that way? And Kimberly Jones, who expressed the same concerns as you, but with much more emotion, although with logic and really deep reasons as well. But what, what is the difference between you and Kimberly Jones? No, no, no. I think I that know. um, she has... I, I would just flat out say she has more education than I do behind this, behind what has happened to our people. Um, and I see, you know, like I said, when growing up, I tried to live that color blind 
life. And so I knew things and I researched things, but not as deep as I probably should have. Because once I start, when I got frustrated, because I have the type of personality where um, I'm very solution oriented. And if I couldn't find a solution, then I would just get frustrated and say, okay, forget it. It's never going to work. And it's just me. That's just how I, a mechanism I use to shut myself off um, from being disappointed. And that's what I've done. And so I, but once she said it and she said it so eloquently um, and, you know, she's angry and, you know, there's some foul language in there, but she said, but what she says is so, she says it eloquently and puts it into perspective. And, and, you know, I didn't realize how, how deep it goes or what was taken and when it was taken, you know, if you go on and read about what she's talking about, um, what happened in Tulsa, even says, you know, uh, I think if you just go right on Wikipedia and look it up, there's a, there's a line in there that will tell you that, um, I forgot who, who they said directly, but they tried to make sure that this part of history was not in history books or, um, it was not something that they wanted the major population to know about. And they teach it in Oklahoma in history class, but they don't teach it anywhere else um so that just goes to show how deeply rooted it is too i think i would just get very um frustrated i think i would be more like her if that happened to me i i would be i would be i wouldn't be able to contain it i she just anyway um so here's something that this might also be a really wrong thing to bring up, but I'm, that's what we're going to do in this conversation. It just almost seems like part of you believe the lie that whites are the better, yeah. the better race. And I, right. I despise that fact that you had to un, unravel that for yourself, yes. but you did unravel it, but that you got caught up in that lie as well. Yeah, it, it's, it's so absurd. It's 100% absurd. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, you know, I I just saw that if I lived that life and blended, and then I wouldn't. I thought I wouldn't be seen differently, and about and you know, I I would that prejudice yeah. wouldn't happen, and the racism wouldn't happen. Um, no, but that didn't turn out to be that way. Yeah, no, yuck. Um, so I love the fact. And I honor the fact that you are a solution-oriented person. And you, I just found out about a very beautiful and creative solution that you've come up with that uh, can help other parents and teachers to deal with this uh, challenge of diversity and com- communicating with young children. And uh, yeah, what would you, what well, would you like to say? I started um, the diversity box. So it's a subscription box that helps families start and navigate the conversation of why different is good. Um, When, you know, like I mentioned before, when I had to have that conversation with my daughter, it was really hard. Um, And it was hard because with kids, you think, where do, how much do I tell them? How little do I tell them? You know, there's a lot that goes around that says you can start talking about injustices and racism as soon as birth. But how, how do you do that? You know, if, as an adult, 
I think the first, you know, I could go on and on about the different things, um, just like the video we were talking about, and then you get angry. So how do you have yeah. those conversations without yeah. um, getting angry or without blaming and, and, and the, don't get me wrong, there's blame to put out there, but, it, you know, how do you have those conversations where they're constructive and, and um, in yeah. the sense that you want them to grow from the conversation? So it was really hard exactly. to have that conversation with her. And so what we decided on in our house, my husband and I together, we decided that different is good. And so that's what we have been living. Um, we've taught her that since she was little, we've never, you know, regardless if we went into racism or prejudice, we've always taught her that different is good. And if someone's different than us, then that's fine. And so the idea behind the box yeah. is that it helps parents uh, for one start those conversations. Um, so each box comes with two activities you do as a family. And on the back of those activities, there's prompts, questions, prompts to, to ask around the table. And what I really encourage parents to do is that's the time to get the most honest and real and raw. Um, home is the safest classroom. So you want them to be able, you know, it's just yeah. a way to be able to start to have those conversations. So when the conversations get really tough and they really start learning about the world, they can come to you and have those conversations with you. Um, so I was really excited that I was able to, I struggled a while to figure out how can I use my platform and my voice for change? And as an educator myself, I realize, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that we can change our future by investing in our youth and because um, they're the ones who are going to take over one day. And so that's what the whole idea behind the box is to help parents have those conversations with their kids. I, I love that. And I am positive. I mean, what's the feedback that you've had? And, and also it's for, what geared age for ages five to 12. So, um, you know, it's oh, really perfect we don't, we give you the question prompts and each month has a new topic. So it could be anything from a historical figure, a historical period of time, um, a, a different country, a different language, because we can be different in so many ways. And so it, yes. um, it is geared for ages five to 12. However, it's up to the parents to decide how deep they want to go. So if you have a 12-year-old, you obviously could probably go deeper in conversation than with a five-year-old. Um, but it's really, you know, right. we don't flat out say systemic racism or um, anything else along those lines. It's very uh, surface. But what I believe 100%, and this is my passion and I'm making it my life's passion now, is when we teach that different is good we start to oppose yeah. the prejudice and we, and we can eradicate the bad isms, the racism, the sexism, the ageism um, from the world yeah. that we live in because somewhere along the line, prejudice comes from somewhere along the line, somebody deciding that a difference was bad. And when they do that, that's right. when all the bad stuff happens when in reality it's because we were uneducated right. about it. Um, and I, and I put in there too, right. for the parents to understand it's okay to not have the answers. It's definitely okay to not have the answers, but we encourage you to find the answer together. So it's okay to say, you know what, that's a great question. I don't have the answer. Let's look it up or let me do some research and then we can talk about this tomorrow. Um, it, you want to make sure that you're educating yourself at the same time. 
Well, co-discovery. Yeah. I mean, that's delicious Absolutely. when you do that with kids because then you're both owning it together and, and learning it together. And yeah, it becomes part of your relationship that that was an experience that you had just yes, exactly. like going to the lake together or 100%. whatever. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I love it. And, um, oh gosh, I just want to get my hands on one of those. Cause I, I really believe in, uh, I, I love that you have questions. Can you just give us a little teeny tiny sample of, of, of and also in this, yep. you get one box a month and, but I'm, and there's, there's two, two yeah, there's two activities uh, you do as a family, which help ignite impactful conversation. And then there's a craft that the kids do to help solidify what they just learned. Um, so, and and those exercises do they they could take like one exercise could take a couple of nights. You could one at exercise the table or... could probably be for one night, or if you you know are feeling brave, you could do both of them at the same same time. They they go hand in hand. So for example, the first box that you get uh, is the introductory box, and in that box talks about difference and diversity. So first, you're going to identify a whole bunch of differences between people things, animals, so on and so forth. Um, an example question could be, mm -hmm. has anybody ever made you feel bad for being different? Um, and a follow-up question is, have you made anybody ever feel bad for being different? If you did, you know, did it make you feel good? So things that, and, and I like to say too, that it's almost a temperature check for parents too, because you can, you know, if a kid this is honest about that question say yeah actually I was making fun of uh, Jimmy for being in a wheelchair or whatever it might be then you can you maybe you didn't know that as a parent and that's a it's a teaching moment and a learning moment and a bonding moment um, yeah. and the idea is yeah. that the more you have these conversations whether they're hard extremely hard or extremely easy that they become more often and that they last forever yeah. 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 Oh, that's just fantastic. So um, I, uh, the website is yep. the diversitybox.net. Okay. And I will put that in the uh, show's notes. Um, Do you have on a there, there's anything? a tab on the website, there's a tab uh, called labeled resources and there we will always post. Okay. Um, right now you'll be able to find books for ages zero to 12 about uh, how to talk about differences and it, the differences are all over the board. So there's some that are about um, using your voice yeah. to stand up for what's right. There's some books that are about um, the Holocaust. There are some books about uh, a new kid in school coming from a different place. There's some books about, I think there's one book about a boy who likes to wear a dress. There's, you know, there's so many different books in there. Um, and so, and the, my favorite thing about it too is there's links if you'd like to purchase the books you can but the link you'll notice it doesn't go directly to amazon it goes directly to black owned bookstores so it if you'd like to order a book oh. you know i encourage people to order from the black owned bookstore so yeah um yeah thank you i i love that i, I just I, did no, you I just, I'm did you just want really to say anything and, and i just wanted to um mention too that in the box in every single box whatever the topic of conversation is we always give a list of resources to help keep the conversation going so that's uh books 
and websites and maybe videos if there's like a TED talk or YouTube video that would be worth watching as well. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, because because that's a lot of work I know to pull resources together like that. And that's really enriching and very valuable to keep it going. Otherwise it fades away because life is so busy. Yeah. But then I just had another crazy question and then I I should let you go. But um, I'm just trying to think what is the downside of having an attitude that Mm. different is good? That's a really good question. (laughs) You know, I, that's a great, I don't know, you know, because I, I, I love that different is good. I think the downside is that there's going to be people who think that different is bad. Um, And for some people, it could be, that could be a really hard pill to swallow. Um, it could be problematic. It could maybe dim your light and uh, crush your spirit a little bit, even if you will, where then your positive message doesn't get heard because someone with such an absurd thought and, and belief decided to dim your light. And, and I think that could be the downside is that someone with such strong beliefs um, and the, or such strong opposing beliefs could dim your light. And then your word, the positive word and what needs to be heard um, is not said because you decided that, wait a minute, this person was mean or this person um, can't understand. And so therefore I'm not going to try to explain myself anymore. Um, that I think that could be a big downside to it. And that's a good thing to know, I think, ahead of time, that there there will probably always Absolutely. be opposition to everything. And and to know that to be yes, exactly prepared. You know, and, and that's yeah. really important because yeah everything gets opposed, even the best things in the world and the best people in the world. And, and we have to get a mindset that makes us strong when that happens, not if, but when. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Nini. I appreciate it so much. I thoroughly enjoyed our time together. And thank you. I just want to say to you, thank you for being a voice. Thank you for being an ally. Um, thank you for making, you know, they right now, the big conversation is making ally is a verb. Um, and I really think that you're living that life. So thank you for doing that. Oh, oh you're so gracious. Yes. Um, big hug, big, hug, big, big hug. <laughs> Me too. I hope we get to meet someday. Yeah. And, and if there's ever a time when you feel like there's something else to bring out in all of this, this, uh, this area of, of that we all need to grow in. Please, Absolutely. Please, please 100%. With me again. Okay. All right. All right. 100%. Bye, all right. Goodbye for now though. So how do you feel about intentionally creating opportunities to learn about differences together with the kids in your care, exploring with curiosity Identifying together that differences are nothing to fear or to resist. That, as Sierra likes to say, hashtag different is good. 
Be sure to check out this show's notes for some helpful resources. And thank you, as always, for being here. Together, we are expanding the definition and the reach of social-emotional learning so that children may grow into more connected and more meaningful lives that make a real difference for the better for all. Thank you.